downloading Gin and Gentlemen. And just before we kick off with our podcast, we've got a quick announcement. If you get yourself along to Kobo before the 30th of June, you can pick up a copy of The Captain and the Cavalry Trooper for the ebook reader of your choice as part of their Rainbow and Pride promotion. So crack on over to Kobo and download the first of our captivating Captain novels and meet the gloriously stern Captain Thorne and the wonderfully poetic Jack. And now on with the motley. Welcome to Gin and Gentlemen with me, Eleanor Harksted, bringing the gin. And accompanied by a community chest filled with gentlemen, Catherine Curzon. And, and why have you brought a community chest full of gentlemen, Catherine? I have loaded my gentlemen into a community chest because today we're going to be talking about board games. Board games, yes. Board Beloved games. of every child and wet playtime, play it's mm. board games. <laughs> and obviously every family on Christmas afternoon oh, yes. who plays a board game and as a result almost leads to the breakup of that household. <laughs> oh yes, yes. So- and... Eleanor, how did we come to decide on our board game topic of the day? Well, we're recording our podcast about computer games. And towards the end, we sort of started segueing into um, board games, basically. I think I think it was mm. Test Match, which led us yes. down that path after deciding that, that The Captain and the Cricketer, our novel, if you haven't read it, um, it would make a would make a good computer game mm. because you could have like a, a cricket level and then we thought hang on a minute what about test yeah. match so there you go which i loved and which i will be talking about today as well giving you because not everyone i suspect maybe outside of england and outside of people from the 80s <laughs> people might not be familiar with test match but no. if you listen to that podcast which you should have and if you didn't you should listen to it after this or we'll come round your house and make you listen to it. Um, you'll know that that's how we decided on board games. But that was a little little bit of fake media esqueness for people <laughs> that didn't listen to the last one. Um, so we're not going to be talking about sort of modern games and gaming, as it were. You know, mm. tabletop gaming. Yeah, we're going to be talking about some classics of our youth. Many, many, many. Many years ago, yes. mainly the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> so, Eleanor, kick us off. Recall a game, a favourite game. Oh, Ghost Castle. Ghost Castle. Ghost Go on, Castle. fill in so, our listeners on what that is. Okay, so Ghost Castle. Um, you've got the board. It's divided up into four rooms, and you go through the door. You know, you start of each time you throw and you go forward a space, you go through a door and eventually you have to go up the stairs and then there's a glow-in-the-dark skull that rattles down the stairs and tries to knock you but over or you've comes missed out of a chimney. Off one of the massively mate best parts of the game. What? what, what? It was 3D. It was 3D? Yeah, because, you know, the board was divided into four. Yeah. The walls were literal walls. That you put the you remember you put the game together and you had like oh, a yeah. plastic tower and staircase in the middle. Oh yeah. And then each wall protruded out like the points of the compass to create the four rooms. Mm-hmm. And each wall was booby trapped. So do you remember there was one that had like a knight in shining armor and he had a battle axe? Yes. 
and you had to spin a spinner. You can tell I spent a lot of time playing this game. And on the spinner was a skull logo. And if you got that, you had to drop the skull into the top of the central plastic protrusion. And it would come out one of the different booby traps. So it could like come out and hit the battle axe and whatnot. Because it came down through, there was um, a mirror on a yes. hinge. So, so yes. the skull could come down and, and not flip open the mirror and knock you over. Yeah, and they say, like I say, it could come down and knock the battle axe, which could fall onto your head if you were standing under it. Yes, yes, I, know, I remember that. I, I loved it, and I, I loved the yeah. design of it. It was brilliant. And you had to, at the end, climb up the staircase, up the central, I keep saying central protrusion, but it was like a tower, wasn't it? Yeah. And the skull could come down the staircase and bowl you off the stairs. Yeah. And if you got, can you remember, if you missed a turn, you had to put on, like, on your figure, like a white, scared, stiff mass. Yes! Where like your hair was standing up on end and your eyes were really wide. Yes, so it looked a bit. It looked, looked a bit like um, Monks the Scream. Yeah, it did. Yeah, <laughs> I like that you see getting the referencing some fine art there as well. Oh yes, other. it's a very cultural podcast. <laughs> I still have that game because Rick was um, perusing a charity shop in our village looking for cheap Blu-rays, <laughs> and he saw it and he bought it, and it's as and it's in like mint condition. Oh. And it's as enduring now as it ever was. It's actually still really, really good. Oh, oh excellent. Because it's very simple as well. You don't have to spend hours reading this, you know. Yeah. You set um, it up and we... that's it. Play, yeah. Can we play it next time I come to your house? <laughs> yes, it's in our um, it's in our special storage place. Oh. So I have to get it out, so remind me. Because <laughs> we have too many games and things, so that one's in there at the moment. When I come round your house to play. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. It depends if I'm in the mood. If I behave myself and I don't have a tantrum. <laughs> Maybe I'll let you. But um, my favourite game, which I'm not going to spend too much time on because it's one of those everyone always talks about, is Monopoly. Mm. I love Monopoly, but nobody will play Monopoly with me because of my famously tight-fisted and financially aware way. <laughs> but I always kind of like just have a, you know, like a sister. Mm. And people don't like playing it with me because apparently I take the money aspect too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> But there is there is a there's a sort of cheat code for Monopoly, which I won't share here. Mm. But it's a guaranteed way to win, but it will ruin the game. But I'll tell you it when we're not on the podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> but for my game, I am going to choose um Torpedo Run, which I was explaining mm. to you when we were discussing board games where what this was from the eighties again. Well, they're all from the eighties. Mm. And you had a huge board, and I mean huge so we used to play it at my mum and dad's but i had to extend the dining table mm. and on your board you have plastic battleships but they're not little you know like in the game of battleships mm. they're actual put together models that in underneath are sort of rigged with elastic bands to hold various bits like triggers mm. and then you have a submarine and into your submarine you load little plastic caps mm. and then you basically fire the caps at the battleships and in the battleships is various bits of them that have got little slots and holes so the caps can go in. And if they went in, they sort of release one of the elastic bands and trigger bits of the battleships to fly off. <laughs> Which, when you think about it, I mean, it was amazing. But the, I bet, how did a child not lose an eye? Oh, God. Because I remember, as kids, you used to, like, proper ping them really hard. You know, and part of the fun was, the ones that didn't get exploded at the end, you used to sit there and just fire caps at them until they did. And you'd sort of like say to your brother, like lean right over it so your face is over it. Yeah. Oh, that's me. And being ki- no, but you, you know what's coming because you just—it was almost like playing chicken with it. Yeah. 
because it's like Russian roulette. You know, like, oh, will no. I lose? Will I lose a tooth to my battleship today? Oh, no. That's a great game. But I've actually been looking at those on eBay because I feel like playing it again. But I also feel like with a dog and cat in the house, we mm. may get in some sort of chaotic situation. Yeah, why is the cat out of the room? Yeah, if we've got bits of plastic battleship flying around willy-nilly. So I think maybe it's one of those that's perhaps best remembered rather than best experienced. <laughs> oh, I loved that game. I used to play it for hours and hours and hours. Like really bloodthirsty children's game. Um. There was a game we were, were talking about that we both remember playing um, from when we were kids called Hotel. Yes, yes. Now, do, who remembers? If you remember playing Hotel, then you're probably the same age as us. And yes. you probably loved it too, I hope, because it was brilliant. It was better than Game of Life. It was better than Game of Life, yes. And it also continued the kind of ghost cast thing, didn't it, of having large structures a part of the game mm. yeah because you had actual hotels and you bought yes yeah. you buy you buy this bit of the hotel then you have to buy that bit of the hotel and that bit of the hotel and mm. and they're like actual and they were all designed so the australian mm. one was called the boomerang and it was shaped like a boomerang and then how long did you think take them to think that of? <laughs> yeah they they, they they really went out with that <laughs> yeah, shaped boomerang. like a kangaroo Bang, done. <laughs> job done with some bottle brushes um and then they had my favorite one was the french one called l'etoile but my brother always used to, my dad used to call it Le Toilet because he was Le hilarious. Toilet, of course. Yes, that's what my dad used to call it as well. Did he dad as well? Joke. Yeah, dad joke. Dad joke. Dad joke central. And the president was the, 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 yes. I think that was the American one, which was the most expensive yeah. one, of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> With like big, nowadays that would probably be Dubai. <laughs> but also, or I don't know if this was just me when I was quite young, you used to kind of assemble the board, mm. but then not necessarily play the game. <laughs> Just sort of move pe- figures, not figures, but move things around and experiment. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, so what, what happens if we put the French one um, yeah. in the, where, where the Fujiyama is in Japan? Yeah, like let's make some sort of weird hybrid hotel. What was the British one? Was it? Oh, do you know? I can't you know, remember. I can't remember because I just like the other ones. They were more interesting. Hotel, I'm going to look at it. It's probably like the Beef Eater or something like that. Probably. Hotel. A, a, oh, a is castle. This great? According to Wikipedia, a dimensional real estate game. <laughs> <laughs> dimension oh it doesn't tell you what it was called oh oh well we'll have to try and find it we'll have to try and find it we were, it was um, it was a wonderful game oh it was it was absolutely I, re- I remember playing it, it was better than the game of life it was i remember playing it once and my my great aunt had come around she was she was a very elderly lady um and we were sitting there playing it. She she didn't join in and we and we we were getting quite overexcited and and, my, and people were going Give me the spondulix. Where's the dosh? And she got really upset and was going, all I can hear is all this nonsense about spondulix and dosh and it's Christmas day and I think it's terrible. It, 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 it's supposed to be a holy day and you're going on about dosh and spondulix. I was like, oh, sorry. There is a whole fan page for Hotel. Oh, wow. And it tells us what they're called. They were the Fujiyama, yes. Tokyo's latest and greatest, efficient and expansive. <laughs> this is off the back of the box. The yeah. boomerang. Australian yeah. warmth at its best. This is the hotel people always come back to. Except it was Le the Grand cheapest one. Or L'Etoile, depending on which territory you're in. Yeah. Fine food, fine wine, fine location, a famous Paris landmark. <gasps> President in the heart of New York. Oh. Rated the best hotel in the USA. And I'll just say, before anyone gets annoyed, my New York. My husband is from New York. That's like an in-joke, so sorry. New York. <laughs> the Royal, the new tradition oh. in the heart of London. Perfect for tea, of course. Waikiki, 
Hawaii's oh. finest hotel on its most famous beach, oh, that Taj was Mahal, that was jewel in India's awesome. crown, yeah. and Safari, African hospitality on the edge of Kenya's largest game reserve. Oh, that takes me back. Oh, it was brilliant. Happy and I remember the fun. Taj Mahal hotel was actually made to look like the Taj Mahal. Yeah, it, it was to me a bit like which it was is like slightly made in questionable. Yeah. yeah, whereas the Royal was like a massive skyscraper, I seem to remember. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, you think they'd have made it look a bit palacey. Mm. And wasn't L'Etoile kind of like a ta- French, row of townhouses, like French townhouses? Yeah, the, the, that's why I really liked it, because it, like, it looked like Paris to me, it, or like Paris in a Disney film. That sort, sort, of, sort of version of... Paris. Yeah. And, 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 and the president... One of, I think its main, like its most expensive bit, had like a sort of slant tower. Yes, it did. It was like, yes, it, it's like what Trump Tower should have been if it had been designed yeah. by someone. And if you squeezed who it, hotel. yeah, if you squeezed it, the roof popped off. Because <laughs> I used to put my dinky cars on top of it and be like Dukes of Hazard <laughs> with them driving off of it. So there you go. Yeah, but that was, that was a good game. I am going to continue our, as it was, dimensional board game. Mm. with Lost Valley of the Dinosaurs, which was, is epic. That This was a vast board, but it Mm. had on two sides actual three-dimensional plastic volcanoes with, like, (laughs) steps going down that you put lava tiles. And when I say lava tiles, I don't mean bits of cardboard. I mean actual shaped lava. And it also had each... where Where those mountainous rangers joined the board... They were like little laybys, and in each layby, there lived a big plastic Tyrannosaurus Rex. Of course. And on top of the other, the non-erupting volcano, there lived a pterodactyl. But these were all—they weren't like I say, they weren't like little card, but they were like little toy pterodactyl and little toy dinosaurs. And your job as the explorer was to reach the hidden temple, which was just pretty standard three D cardboard temple arrangement, you know. Mm. and get some like lost coins off the top of it but you had to avoid the dinosaurs and you had to avoid the lava and if you got kidnapped by the pterodactyl the pterodactyl was actually rigged so it could pick up your character and fly off with you in its beak (laughs) and as kids like although you could basically have just picked up the figure and put it to the side you would fly the pterodactyl in because it had like a trigger on its back that made the wings flap as well oh god like, the attention to detail was amazing. And it was also one of the very few board games I can remember where you could actually die. <gasps> you could die in, and be out of the game. And Ooh. you couldn't come back. You, that was it. You were dead. Yeah, do not pass go. <laughs> no, that was it. Oh, so, and I remember because as children, like young children, um, getting killed in the game sucks, especially if there's only you and your sister playing it. Mm. So you had to kind of like, set up you know like house rules like if you get killed you're allowed to come back but you have to miss three turns that kind of thing because otherwise yeah. the game could be over pretty sharpish yes but that was an amazing game and i just loved it and also again it was one of those games that went because i was really young when that came out and i didn't necessarily play the game but i'd use it as just sort of like you know like a play mat yeah sort of to play with dinosaurs and i used to put my toy soldiers on it because they were the same height as the little men <laughs> so it'd be like soldiers versus dinosaurs and the dinosaurs always won Ooh. Always, because <laughs> I was dark like that. I I had um a, 
a game. It was it was German, I think, but it was tra- it was it was in English, but it was obviously probably aimed more at German kids than English kids. Mm. And I don't know how I ended up with it. Um, and it was about fairy tales. So you had the board it was a forest with a path going through mm. it, and all the way along the the um, path there were I, I think I think you just put. They were little circles, and you had little mm. sort of conifers <laughs> that you put on, and, on, and you just put them on at random. And under each of the little trees was um, a picture that, that referred to a specific fairy tale. But obviously, mm. I think maybe the fairy tales that we have, a lot, most of the fairy tales that we have in this country are sort of Grimm's tales, but there mm. were a lot on there that I didn't know at all. And I was mm. like, oh, yes, the story of the chicken that lived in a massive house or something like that yes I know that one very I'm there well. for that it sounds amazing <laughs> um, so I, and, and it was really it, it was lovely and the the art on it was gorgeous and it looked really pretty and I liked the idea of the fairy tales but it was a it was a very long game to play Ooh. so I didn't play it very often I just I just like one looking of those at the, that... yeah I just like looking at the pictures and trying and making up my own stories based on what the yeah. pictures were underneath oh the story of the massive grapefruit and then and I was like no actually i think that's probably the princess and the frog and that's her golden ball but i don't know maybe the story of the big but it looked like a grapefruit the, the grapefruit story is brilliant you write that <laughs> yeah one of my favorites it's it's about a woman who but, does her exercises in the 80s and eats grapefruit for breakfast what so. happened do you still have the game no i don't know where my game because we moved house oh. when i was 15 so a lot of stuff just uh so you think they went i don't know where it is <laughs> Well, the game, as you say, that kickstarted this conversation was my recollection of mm. Test Match, which probably, let's say, I don't know if many people outside of England, I don't know how widely released Test Match was outside which, of England. I mean, yeah, because I'm wondering, there might be quite a big market for it in Australia. Yeah, I just don't know if it came I out there. <laughs> probably not the version I had that had David Gower on the box. <laughs> Can't think he'd maybe maybe the grass looked a bit more yellow. But, but... <laughs> Test match, for anyone that doesn't know it, was a staple of the last day at school where you could bring in a game. Mm. And there were always about four different boxes, four different people who bought test match, which was great. But you might be familiar with Sabutio, which is flick football, you know, the Mm. little football players, you flick them around. But test match was the cricket kind of version of that, but obviously it didn't have a flick because what would be the point? (laughs) So you had um, a big green baize cloth Mm. that you had to keep, as we said in the other podcast, flat. Mm. Because if it had a crease in it, it was like having a hillock on your cricket pitch. <laughs> and then you had little fielders, little, and they were about three inches high, and they had built in around their feet, kind of like, I don't know what you call it, but basically like an indent. So if the ball went into their feet, it counted as being yes. caught. Yes, I remember that. Yes, but you'd always go like, my dad yes. would go, well, if I could catch balls with my feet when I'm playing cricket, I'd, I'd never lose a match. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> And then you had um, your bowler who was basically, it was like a, it was, it was, it's hard to explain, but he like had his hand behind his back and coming down from his hand, it was kind of like a, a slide or a yes! yeah. And then you pressed a button and it flicked the ball, which was a little metal ball bearing down the slide and that counted as your ball. And it went over to your batsman. Your batsman had a trigger. You pulled the trigger. He drew back his bat and he hit the ball. Yeah. And there were loads of extra bits. You know, like on Sabutio, some people have setups where they have like full stands oh, yeah. and all that kind yeah. of thing. You could get all of that for Test Match, but I don't know anyone that had any no, of that. No, I, I don't know. Everyone basically just had your set, your, oh, your basic set. Mm. Because, you know, you didn't really, I think, I don't know, because I guess Sabutio is quite big and a lot of people have it up and leave it up. Yeah. But Test Match, you 
put it away when you were done. You know, it was just like a tablecloth. You just put it and away. And in those days, of course, cricketers just wore cricket whites. So it wasn't like yeah. with Tabutio, you can buy teams, can't you? Here's my, here's my mm. home team. Mm. So, you know, here are the baggies or here are the terriers or whoever. Um, and, and with to test match, you just couldn't because they were all dressed in white. So. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. Do you know what it actually looks like? You can still get <gasps> test match. Oh, wow. Oh my goodness! You can still get it. That's my dad's. That's my dad's Christmas present sorted. <laughs> and you can get a basic test match, which is the one that we used yeah. to play. And you can get Ashes Edition, which looks a bit fancier. But that's also double the price. So I don't does it have a tiny, double. tiny version of the Ashes? <laughs> it should about, do that. Be, well, it's tiny to start with. To it? <laughs> yeah, it's only about an inch high to start. How? Oh, oh, I can't believe you still get test match. Oh. Can you tell there might be some money being spent here? Oh, yes. Oh, I love Test Match. <laughs> I'm trying to see what the difference is with original Test Match and Ashes Edition. I won't be buying Ashes Edition, obviously, because I'm from Yorkshire and I'm not spending money I don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it doesn't tell you. It just says the authentic action cricket game, Ashes it's Edition. It's so authentic, isn't it? <laughs> Catching balls with your feet. Yeah, it's very authentic, <laughs> yeah. Little plastic shoots coming down off of people's arms. Are you bowling a forearm or an underarm? I don't know, I'm just using a shoot. <laughs> but it's another one of those, like, if you played it again, would it still be as great as it was? I think yes, because a lot of it's nostalgia. Yeah. And because it's there is no learning curve. No, it's pretty simple, isn't it? You just do what you do. Pretty much... Minute one is exactly the same as minute at 60. Could you get like a scoreboard, like an actual proper cricket style scoreboard for it? Yeah, yeah, you could, yeah. Oh, imagine that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> you could do little cricket team pose in front of it and take photos. Um, <laughs> put Action Man in it just slightly, the board out of focus behind. <laughs> and they used to have, it used to come as well with like boundaries that you put around the board, but you just didn't be bothered with that. So your ball was always rolling off under the sofa and things like that <laughs> even though it literally would have only taken 30 seconds to put up the boundaries I don't know. oh in the new version the field is a magnetic so it says no more disputes as to whether the ball has been caught <laughs> you know that that clearly <laughs> happened me and my husband are getting a divorce we couldn't decide if the ball had been caught or not Oh, it sounds a bit fancier. The bowler now is spring-loaded so he can bowl from different heights and at different speeds and the ball will bounce. What? So you can select a different type of bowler for every over, just like the real thing. A trigger action back, because the old batsman, it was a trigger, but it was controlled by sort of like a length of string, like a pulley. Mm. There is, it says no more string in the all-new version. I feel like whoever's updated Test Match probably played it as a kid because they have now dealt with the stuff. Yeah. That, you know what I mean? Two, ki- two, br- oh, two brothers got... rolling around on the floor going, no! Test match now comes with a 2020 setup <laughs> and a one day test setup in the box. But as a kid, again, you'd just be like, what? Is there a Longley Carver version? Sadly, no, no. So you, you don't get like a fool oh. and, a, and a random dog. <laughs> and it's, it's not expensive either. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I might have to make a purchase of this. <laughs> Oh. It says here, we took, this is a, a um, toyreview.com, that they played the game at a dinner party with six adults, and all but two of them have played it as a kid, but none of them liked cricket, and they all struggled for the first few hours, but we thought it was a bit harder than the childhood version had been, but that could have been down to the red wine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ribena doesn't have the same effect, does it really? <laughs> 
Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I might have to potentially make a purchase of that. I'll put that on my wish. See, I have I have some memory of the fact that the the, the bumpy bays was was a real problem with that game when we were kids that it really stopped stuff like you know you've got the ball it's heading towards the fielder and you're thinking yes yes and then it just hits a bump it's to the... do with storage do you know do you know how i used to store mine? Oh, how did you store... i used to roll it around my riding crop which lived behind my bedroom door i i rode horses it's not some sort of weird thing here <laughs> just randomly have a riding, I had a riding crop and no i didn't crop horses either but it was the sort of thing, when you learn to ride, people just buy you certain things, and one of them is always a riding crop. And I kept, well, obviously, because I kept my test match board rolled around. Of course. <laughs> and it kept the test match board increasing. Well, there you go. I'm calling it a board. It wasn't. It was like a test match. Cloth. Table cloth. Wasn't yeah, it? I, think, I think we just yeah. went, we just, you know, we, we just threw caution to the wind and went straight onto the teak G plant uh, dining table. Because <laughs> apparently if you ironed it, it melted. <laughs> High quality 1980. <laughs> but you could it did I believe it did say in the box, this happened to a friend of mine, but it did say in the box not to iron directly onto the thing, but they just ignored it and it melted. So a whole new game had to be purchased. Yeah, so you just get this big You could iron it with something over the top, you know, sort of like put a tea towel yeah. between it and the iron. Oh dear. And also that must have been apparent because no child of about seven would have been ironing anything. No. So that must have been a parent being lazy with the iron. He'd be peering over the top of Hence the Hence why it got replaced. Because a parent had done it. So, you know, it wasn't like, you can't go, well, it's your own fault. You ruined my kid. You ironed And that was, that, was, that was actually the dad. Oh, oh I'm, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get test match. It's going to happen. <laughs> That's going to be what we're doing next time. We're playing test match. I was... For as long as it takes to play a real test game of football. Oh, no. Are you going to stop for tea? Yeah, I'm gonna stop. Will you, will you? And we're gonna sing like Barmy Army songs. As will well. you have trouble with indigestion after eating cucumber sandwiches? <laughs> no, because I'm a, I'm a I'm a, a British player, so I'm used to it. Died in the wall cucumber sandwich eating. You see, my, my dad always used to say because he'd always get indigestion, and he'd he'd like he'd always like polish off the tea, and then he'd just stand. You could see him standing out fielding, and every so often you'd see hand to mouth, down again. Oh, a burp. <laughs> Oh, he's eating too he's much. He's eating too much tea. Now he's got to... Where I live, where I live at the weekend, you can't move out your door without seeing cricket. Oh, no. That everywhere you go, it's like cricket. It's like living in one of our books, basically. <laughs> and every time you go over the tops, like the Yorkshire tops, all you can see if you look out is little scattered groups of men wearing white playing cricket. <laughs> as far as the eye can see when, when I was a kid we used to play it all the time um, in the garden and it means that I've, I've got I still have very quick reactions so if anything falls off a shelf or out of a cupboard I can actually catch it without even really looking at it and it happened the other day with I've got this quite terrifying and actually rather hideous collection of china cats and I knocked the shelf that they're on and one of them fell off and I, and I only saw it out the corner of my eye and I still managed to catch it without even actually thinking I need to catch it I just so I was like, excellent. Cricket teaches Good you stuff. how to catch things. It's, it saved me a lot of money. <laughs> What's your new game, your next game, madam? Well, it, this wasn't really one that I played as a child, but it was one I, I kind of invented. No, you about. can't have it then. No, 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 no. It was, it was Mastermind. You know, the one that's got the, it's got the, the little pegs. Colored, oh, little I, I, pegs. No, I self-invented 
JPEG version mastermind because I couldn't work out what it actually was. So I just used to make up my own rules. Yeah, I just, I just moved the pegs around and have fun. But yeah. I really love my the sister fact played that, it for real. <laughs> that on the front, on because it's it's code breaking, isn't it? Basically, mm. but um, on the front of the box, they kind of designed it to look like a Bond film. Yeah, so and it, it had, had like it a mustachioed like the... man and a mysterious Japanese lady. Yeah, oh, I, I just thought that it just looked amazing, and it was like one of those things that my my granddad had that, and he was quite fond of it. But um, I just mm. like the, the the box was so amazing, and I had to just make up my own game to actually. Well, to put in perspective, so you can tell the difference between my sister had that and I had passed the pigs. <laughs> do you remember past the pigs but yes i do actually i love that i and i i still happily play around past the pigs now <laughs> but yes that was perhaps sums up the difference between the two of us <laughs> i'm gonna give an honorable mention as well to one that i told you yesterday i thought it was i vaunt with a v to bite your finger but that was a different game about vampires oh, the one i was thinking of was just called the vampire board game not much imagination and he had a little title. plastic vampire and he had a top hat on and under his top hat there was like a rubber stamp of a bat and mm. basically you had to like move around the board and collect stuff and get somewhere before the vampire bit you and if the vampire bit you basically you had to stamp your hand with stamp oh no but I want to bite your finger had some sort of clock affair that if it got to midnight you had to sort of put your finger in and it might bite it or not <laughs> you know kind of like bizarre Russian roulette <laughs> At least it wasn't, I want to pull your finger. <laughs> but as a child, I literally, I only wanted the vampire one because I wanted that with a stamp. <laughs> there was a kid, like, you only had to have, and games manufacturers knew this. They put, like, one cool thing on it. Yeah. And it's like, now I have to have it. Yeah. But if the, I don't want to play the game. I just want that rubber stamps and go around stamping stuff with a bat. I'm not even going to play the game. I'm just going to stamp everything I own yeah. with a bat. <laughs> and stamps. it had a red um, ink pad as well. Because stamps were quite an 80s thing, actually. I don't know if, if people still give them to children. It always seems like a bad yeah, idea. I think you see them in, well, I've seen them used in crafting now. You know, people who craft yeah. like scrapbooking. It must be at people our age who were so used to stick stamps in, in when they were children. Now, I should. Mm. In fact, I do oh, have I used my to own a good stamp. I, I make um, Christmas present tags using mm. luggage labels and some and some paper chase stamps that I've got. Maybe that's it. I'm channeling my childhood. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe you are. Maybe. maybe. There you go. This is another honourable mention as well, because it's not really that sort of game, but an honourable mention from me to, you know, Scale Extra? Oh, yes. And things like, I had TCR, which was like the more difficult one, typically. But I know that's not really in the spirit of the board game. No. And also, it used to take like half a day to set it up. And then by the time you set it up, it'd be like, come on, tea time, put your game away. Oh, do you know, my, my no. brother had a, had a train set and there was that whole issue with you put the train set down, it's on the carpet, you've got to pick it back up again mm. um, and then the carpet gets stuck between the rails. So my dad got this massive piece of wood. Oh, and... I had that for my TCR, a big piece of wood. Yeah, and and he had it, he, he, because he was a builder, he got a hinge on the mm. wall. So then if you wanted to play on the train set, you just unhinged it, like, like you know, like a sort of secret bed, and you sort of pulled it down. Oh, we just slid ours under the sideboard, because I used to play it on the uh, dining table. Ah. So we slid it under the stag dining sideboard, <laughs> and, which is still in place, because it's classic design stag. Indeed. And we would pull it back out and play. So it, it saved a lot of time, but then you were a bit stuck with it being like, well, it's constantly in this 
shape now, but oh no, because then I was because it wasn't nailed on. We just used to it was would just slide under, so you could change the shape around. Ah. But equally, you could leave it permanently assembled. So it meant things like the starting grid and all of that didn't have to be taken off and replumbed in and everything mm. wired up again because they were permanently in their state. And also, once you sort of established the the best the sweet spot for a circuit, you know, like your dad's version of Silverstone or something. Yeah. You didn't want to change that anyway. No, no. No. Although when the, the scale electric, when we got, um, I should say it was my brother's, me and my brother, he'd, he'd get the scale electrics, I'd get the Sylvanians, but we'd actually mm. just play with each other's toys anyway. So we used to put the Sylvanians in the, lug, uh, in the um, cargo wagons on his, and um, his railway and stuff like that. Um, and I remember on his scale electric, there was one he had that had like a sort of um, a tight bend that kind of went up. And mm. we couldn't, we could not figure out how to get a car around that bend without it flying off, <laughs> hitting the wall. Slow so, down. Slow, slow down. Slow down. Never. <laughs> there you go. Job done. Slow down. <laughs> oh, I love those. I love. And again, I'd happily. We've actually got a sort of bizarre version of scale electric now that's horse racing, but it's all like really cartoony and strange and sort of like played for laughs. But it, again, it takes too long to set up, and by the time you've set it up, it's like I've had all the fun I'm going to get out of it. <laughs> Mm. But it is still fun. It's fun, you know, when you've got people around. It's silly and, you know. Yes. So what's your next board game? I'm I'm going to go off piste again um, and mention Operation. Oh, it's not a, really a board game. It's not really a board game, is it? But, but you can have it. I got that from my school bring and buy when I was seven. I loved it. Yeah, I, I desperately wanted it. And then once I got it, I realised it was incredibly hard to do. I loved it. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. With patience, that could be mastered, I can tell you that. The right sort of patience. being something I don't have. (laughs) You had to be like Yoda and you could master it. Oh, no. Mm, Master operation, I will. Yes. (laughs) Water on the knee, he has. Spare rib, yes. (laughs) But this as well, as a child, then you're like, oh, that's what these conditions really are. If someone has water on the knee, it means they have a small bucket in their leg. Oh, yeah. And also spare rib. Is that even a condition? I think not. <laughs> no, I think you may. So it was like again a bizarre combination of real things, and not. Although I suppose they didn't want to have like you know high blood pressure. <laughs> they might have been a bit grim, mightn't it? <laughs> Amputation, like Napoleonic operation. Hack off his leg with a rusty saw. Actually, I would have been there for that personally. So I always remember um, playing snakes and ladders with my grandma. Mm. For some reason, oh, that was classic. We used to do snakes a lot. Um, and then and then and Ludo and stuff. And I remember saying to my grandma, mm. Grandma, what did you do before televisions were invented and everything was black and white? And she said, um, she said, well, we'd play things like Ludo and Snakes and Ladders. And I was like, like, like exactly like we're doing now. <laughs> so, Can you remember so, Hungry Hippos? Yes. Our kids used to get absolutely crazy with it. Thumping at that thing, yeah. Like absolutely crazy. Like they've all had too much sugar. Yeah, and, then, and there'd always be a parent coming in going, stop making all that noise. And you oh, go, you no, we, were like, we were like, just go off and play it. Keep out, you know, just keep out everyone's hair. Go and play Hungry Hippos. <laughs> what they do? What's that noise upstairs? Oh, God, it's that game again. It sounded like a machine gun going off. <laughs> oh, it was a great, I liked Hungry, hungry, hungry Hippos. Never, he skipped it out of hand, didn't it, from time to time? Yes, I guess. I wonder how many of those just got absolutely like, 
smashed to pieces because the kid's going in too hard. You're like, we're going in too hard. <laughs> we're going to kill Hungry Hippo. Do you know what? I was, there's a game that I've remembered and I can't remember what it was called. And I, I'm not sure if it was for children or for adults. But instead of having dice, you had these little pigs and you threw the pigs and how they landed depended on like, instead of having a, that was like the dice basically, was how the pigs landed. Are you sure you're not thinking of past the pigs? Because that's pretty much that. Is that what past the pigs was? Ah. Yeah, past the pigs was that. Yeah, because you did mention past the pigs and I remember, I remember playing pa- something called past the pigs, but then I remembered the thing with the pigs and I thought, was that the same thing? That's past the pigs, yeah. But there was some, there was a game that had a, a puffy pig in it. That's pig pong, I had that as well. Pig, pig what? Pig pong. Pig pond. Pig pong, 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 pig pong. Pig pong. Pig, sorry, sorry. They had the sort of like um, I don't know what the ball was made out of, but it was like light as air. Yeah. And then you had oh, a net, and then you had a little it. pig, and you snorted the pig, and air came out the pig's nose, and you used the pig. It was basically tennis using an inflatable pig instead of a bat, a racket. There we go. There we go. So pigs were a popular um, yeah. item in in games for kids. <laughs> yeah, they were. I'm I didn't manage to like superimpose the two games though, I apologise. But... Pig pong. Pig pong. I liked pig pong, yeah. Pig pong. Um I wrote down Buckaroo, again, not a board game. Oh I've got that. I've got Buckaroo. Stay, I like a got game it. still. Buckaroo. Yeah, we've got Buckaroo, yeah. <laughs> we've got Buckaroo. But again it gets um it tends to frighten the cat. Oh, and Pippa kind of looks at it askance, like, what is this in my house? And you're just like, so careful. I'm just putting the, the lasso and and the boot <laughs> and the water bottle. Oh, I love bottle. Oh, bring it. I had a similar setup to that, but it was ba- it was like Jaws, and it was a big shark's mouth. And you piled up <laughs> nautically themed things in its mouth, and then the mouth would close and bite you. Oh, that's... Da-da. And as a child, no, we can't afford to use a Jaws theme. <laughs> as a child, even though you knew it was like a plastic shark, there was still like a frisson of terror. That like, what if it actually does bite my finger off? Because <laughs> I think my granddad once said, "Careful that don't bite your finger off." And then because my granddad said it, it's like that must be true, because he wouldn't just say that surely if it weren't true. <laughs> and then went through life thinking it's going to bite my finger off. Went all through childhood, and even now I think faced with a small plastic shark, I would think there's a possibility it would sever a finger. <laughs> I would probably hesitate to put my finger in a small plastic shark's mouth. Uh, yeah, it doesn't sound safe. No a health and safety assessment might be required. <laughs> yeah, although I'm sure that it was, or they probably wouldn't have been allowed to sell it to loads of kids. <laughs> but they're different times back then, different standards. Indeed. You know? <laughs> Do you know what I was in cotton wool. Twister. Never played Twister. Didn't like it. Did you not? Because Twister no. was always one of those things where people would start playing it. It's, I think it was like a sort of Christmas sort of thing, and every the adults would have been drinking a bit, and then and then there would just be this kind of mayhem on on the, on the Twister board, and and then you just end up with people like because because people would take their shoes off and they just had their socks on, and then I just have memories of people skidding off. Because it was so shiny, because it was basically a sheet of plastic with the big colored. We were, I won't say their name because my parents still know them, but we were at a friend's house in the very early 80s and they decided to play Twister, all the kids. And I was the youngest, so I was not allowed to play Mm. because I was very young, I was about five, and it was determined that I might be injured in the fray. (laughs) And it led to a full on, like, massive domestic incident between the children and their parents, and all you know, like about everyone being too rough. Oh, and so and there was a 
an embargo. No, there was a, 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 a yeah, an embargo on Twitter in our a Twitter Twitter in our house that it was not allowed. And when I went to uni, they had it at uni, but I don't know. Like I think because I don't drink a lot, but it always seemed a bit like mm, not too sure. It's a bit insalubrious to me, just Twister. It's a bit silly, and it's also that thing of like. It's when they freaked it in the seventies, and they, I don't know. Maybe they used it for wife swapping parties. Do you think it's all a bit, a bit, yeah? It's, it's, it's a bit all a bit keys in the sense, put your keys in the middle of the table. Yeah, or it's yeah. A, a bit, and 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 you know, it's a bit. It could, it has the potential to get creepy. I think. Twister. Although, obviously, if people listening are fans of Twister, that's by no means any sort of review of you. Yeah, and Only if you are a fan of wife swapping, creepy parties. people that play. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Only we're only saying that as to creepy people, not people who are non-creepy and swapping wives instead. It's people who know how to behave themselves. It's fine. <laughs> yes, appropriate <laughs> wife swapping behaviour. Do we have quite... any other board games for our pile, or are we board gamed our last? Trivial Pursuit. Trivial Pursuit. We still play that now. Yeah. And you keep getting new editions of questions. And no, no, they're too not... easy now. No, they're too easy. Oh, we got a new edition and they were so easy that we sold it on and we went back to the original genus questions. Uh, we have oh. quite a collection of questions. Well, we've got the original, you know, silver screen and entertainment and things like that. Mm. Because a lot of them are about classic films and classic music, which is something we're really into. So yeah. it doesn't change. Whereas the modern one, it was so easy. But honestly, it was easy to a ridiculous degree. No. Mm disapproving it was too easy and if you look at reviews online the general consensus is that it's got far too easy because that was always a thing trivial pursuit that's like that's what boffins play that's how yeah. boffins kick back yeah well, not anymore party. no not, not anymore. anymore i have to i have to remember one of my favorite board games but but i have to be i get very competitive playing it and i do my poker face because i you know i'm doing it properly cluedo Oh yeah, I like Cluedo. Yeah, I like Cluedo. I love, I love it. It's, it's. Who knows what the motive is for the crime? Because we're just basing who the murderer was on who's got some cards, which is I like clearly it, I not the usual police procedure. But there we are. There's always a certain point. It sounds like you take it more seriously than me. Because there was a certain point where I'm kind of like, near nah, I'm just going to take a stab at this. <laughs> I'm just going like, to play. I'm just going to play with the murder weapons. <laughs> Monopoly is a very serious business. In fact, I've got oh, next time you're I've got Back to the Future edition Monopoly. Good God. Yeah. Combining two of my most loved things, Back to the Future and Monopoly. Yeah, because there's so many different versions of it. And they started doing, like, there's a Birmingham one. and a There's a Huddersfield one. one. Is that really? Oh, mm, we're fiercely proud of it. <laughs> we're fiercely proud of it. Haven't got it, but fiercely proud of it nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of film times and things like that as well, aren't there? Mm. Like different films and, you know, TV series and that kind of yeah. thing. And there are people whose whole collection thing is to collect different editions of Monopoly. Mm. The only thing that disappointed me is that you don't get a full set, like the tokens aren't varied. So I think you get um, maybe some specific tokens, but otherwise they're the same. Whereas you think you get like a full set of edition specific tokens. So like for Huddersfield, you should get like a Yorkshire Terrier and things like that. Oh. But you still get a Scotty dog. It's the wrong sort of dog. Well, that, yeah, that's true. For Birmingham, I don't need probably have a canal boat, Jasper Carrot. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a bar the, cast, of dairy milk. the cast of doctors. Some some things made of iron. Oh, Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, and 
as I say, the entire cast of Doctors yes. rendered and, in and every British character actor who has ever acted who and, has been in Doctors. No, I, I'm I'm because that you'd never have room in the box. You're only going to get the core cast of Doctors in that box. <laughs> Can't just have everybody. There'd never be room. Probably, and probably me because I've been in the background by accident. Probably just from just no, being living think, in Birmingham. I don't think that you're going to get in it just by having wandered across the shot. That's a shame. When these people whose <laughs> entire career is, you know, and again, I'm not being shady about Doctor. My grandma's favourite program, so I'm not being shady about it. Before, I please, if you're a massive Doctor's fan, don't come and get me. <laughs> don't come and get me. Have we any other games, or shall we delve into our gin fizz? Shall we? Let's go for our gin fizz. Let's do it. So, Eleanor, who is putting the fizz in your gin this week? Well, we were having a chat earlier (laughs) about a song called Avenues and Alleyways. Yes. Um, and we both decided it's it's one it's it's a song. both of us seem to have the same sort of reaction to hearing it that it's mm. oh it's amazing and it tells you a story and you kind of mm. get dragged and you can help see this whole like the the the, the alleyways and the creep the sort of the baddies and and the and the ladies in the doorways and everything and you can it's like it's like a whole it's Soho basically in a in a, in a short song it's Soho in the nineteen seventies isn't it yeah yeah and it was the theme tune for the Protectors as well yes which is a favorite of mr curzon but yes. if you don't know it if I, i'm gonna have so you having tony christie as your gin fizz this week? yeah so tony christie is putting the fizz in my gin because he sang that song and he did yeah. a, he did an excellent rendition so. he did um and well it, it, yeah he did and i'm gonna have that as well because it's fantastic so i know that's a bit lazy but, but if you honest? don't know it, go off and listen to it because if ever you wanted, you know, an example as to how you tell a whole story, that like you bring a whole place to life in essentially three and a bit minutes, mm. it's that. It's a, it reminds me a bit of um, Scott Walker and, and the amorous Henry Plug. Yeah, Plug, because that's a similar thing, isn't it? Where it's like a whole. But I think Scott Walker could song. do that anyway. So if you think about like Jackie. Yeah, that you can see me, that you can see him. You know what Jackie's like. We've all met him. We've all seen him. Mm. You know what's going to happen to him. You know exactly how his life's going to go. It's yeah. fantastic. It's like a whole musical. And I, you know, being a massive musical fan, it's like a whole musical in three and a half minutes. Yeah, yeah. and there's not many people can do that, but it's a skill. It is. It's so, a definite skill. So, so if, eventually we will do a music podcast too. But for yes, now, we will. We're just we're nominating yeah. Tony. Christy as but our... There won't be any music in it because we're not rich enough. No. And, and we're I not think... sponsored. So sponsor us and we'll put some music in it. <laughs> he, is, he is, I think, just the right sort of chap to have fizz in his gin as well, I think. You think? He strikes me as a, a, you a know, gin drinker. Kick it. Well, sometimes gin, maybe scotch on the rocks maybe. a lot. But, like, you know, just maybe occasionally has a gin mm. and, you know, standing next to a bar um, by a pool in Las Vegas. Wow. You've taken I've... me there. I've I've thought I've I've overthought that. <laughs> You've really thought that through, yeah. For a man born in Conisbury in Yorkshire. <laughs> yeah. Um was, do you know I didn't know he was I thought he was American. No, no, he didn't. I did. He's a Yorkshire man. <laughs> Yorkshire. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh at York sorry, Yorkshire. <laughs> don't oh, don't hey, don't take on Yorkshire. No, no, I'm not I'm, i I wouldn't dare. There's a lot of us up here. Don't take on Yorkshire. Tony Christie, you know, we'll, 
We'll come for you if you're coming after Tony Christie. That'd be quite. Come for me with a cricket bat. Come for you with a cricket bat. <laughs> come with. Come. Come at me with the tiny man who, who bats on Test match. <laughs> well, you think little steel ball bearing? You could do someone an injury with that. That could be, that could be quite frightening. <laughs> so that's who's fizzing our gin. Out of the inkwell. <laughs> Look, wow. there's something coming out of the inkwell. <laughs> that was a moment. Um, okay, coming out of the inkwell this week. Oh, that sounds awful, doesn't it? Coming, coming out. out of the inkwell. <laughs> um, climbing, dripping in ink out of the inkwell. We have uh, finished the probably, if not final, then penultimate. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> edits on uh, the Captain and the Theatrical. Yes. Which will be heading your way in what we hope will be a lovely, brilliantly blazing summer. Yes. Um, and that'll be, that's done. And yes. this will be making its debut in not very many months. And it's a Regency romance with, it's very, very inspired by actual Regency comedies. Um, and it's a tale of mistaken identity and a man who looks great in an Empire Line frock. Yes. So look out for that. It's it's lots of it's lots of fun. Um, and it'll it'll be out in a few months. So yes. yeah, it will. So Hooray! that's us. So it's time for us to go off and polish our dice. <laughs> um, prior to prowling the avenues and alleyways in search of oh, I'm losing my metaphor. In search of <laughs> the lost valley of the dinosaurs, lava bits that always ended up caught in the rug, and then you stood on them and it hurt your feet. So. And, and there's something happening in the in the billiard room, but we don't want to look in there, do we? In case it's there's probably, a vampire with a, it's with probably an about down, vampire stamping people with its top hat. <laughs> so whatever you're playing, enjoy it. That sounds assorted. Whatever you're playing, whatever your game of choice is, enjoy it. Whether you're passing pigs or solving murders, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. And don't forget, between the 20th and the 30th of June uh, 2019, our novel The Captain and the Cavalry Trooper is part of Kobo's uh, Pride and Rainbows promotion. So if you haven't read the book before, now's your chance. Uh, You can go and pop over to Kobo and buy it and read it on the e-reader of your choice. So now you know. So do it. Do it. Do it now. Do it. Bye. Bye. Find out more at our website, curzonharksdid.co.uk. And thank you, purple-planet.com, for the music. <laughs>